0: Grace and peace to you from God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning, uh, when we were having breakfast, Silas asked me a question he asks often, which is, what are you preaching about? And I said, oh, I'm preaching the parable of the tenants. And he looked at me and he said, didn't we just do that one? (laughs) And we did. I'm preaching the parable of the talents. Um... But we have a lot of parables in scripture, which is why I can mix them up in my brain pretty easily. And when we read parables, it is important to consider as we read them, where do we find God in the story, and where do we find ourselves in the story? And the answer may change sometimes. A parable is a story that can have multiple understandings, multiple interpretations. But Today, as we look for this ourselves and look for God in the story, we also have to acknowledge that metaphors, parables, are what they are, and they're not always perfect. Reading the parable of the talents, not the tenants, that was a few weeks ago. Today, I read God as the master, God as the one who entrusted his servants with what he had and went away for a long while. That's a pretty typical reading um, in most stories, reading God as the master, although I don't think it's always the best. But when I look at God the master and I look at his actions, I see a couple of places where things maybe don't fit as perfectly as I understand God to be. For example, I don't think God is doing a lot of harvesting and tilling of fields. That's things we do and farmers do. And if we think about God reaping where God didn't sow and um, harvesting where he didn't, didn't scatter seed, well, isn't everything God's, So in some ways God sowed and reaped all of it. Just a little place where it doesn't quite fit. And if God is the master, then we are the servants, the three who are given ten talents, or no, five talents, two or one. We may sometimes wonder, am I one one of the ones that God's only giving one to because I don't feel like I've got a handle on a lot? Or sometimes we may think that God is giving us far too much and has way too high of an opinion of us for how much we can get through and do but I think it's important if we think of ourselves as the servants and God as the master to consider what is the talents, what is the gold, the treasure. I talked in my children's sermon um, using the word talent to talk about our talents, and, and that's good and helpful, but It's really just a a fluke of language that a thing that was used in ancient um, Israel for money, a talent, is the same word as the English word for an ability, a talent. I don't think that's really quite what God is getting at, even though I do believe God gives us our abilities and our gifts. It's certainly not money. I am not ever going to be a preacher that tells you if you love God enough, trust God enough, God will give you a bunch of money. Because I have seen over and over again that the world does not work that way. Many, many faithful people are poor and many non-faithful people are rich. So what does God give us? I think context helps us a little bit here. Here in the Gospel of Matthew, we are towards the end of the story. We are towards the end of Jesus' walk to Jerusalem. He's speaking to his disciples and he's teaching them as best he can how they are to live while he's gone. They don't really understand that Jesus is going to his crucifixion, much less that he will rise again and then ascend into heaven and we will have this period of time where we wait for God to come back. In fact, we are coming close to the season of Advent where we pay attention to our waiting more and more. And even in the earliest church, the disciples thought Jesus was going to come back like next week. And here we are a couple thousand years later and we're still waiting. So Jesus is using this parable to teach us and the disciples before us, and the disciples who will come after us, how we are to live while we wait, and what God gives us in the waiting. And what I believe God gives all of us is unconditional grace. God gives us grace, love, forgiveness all the things that are wrapped up in the name of grace. And he gives us to uh, those to us to help us in our weight but also to do something with. God in the in the story the master gave the servants this money in order that they would invest it, work with it and make it grow. <coughs> So, does God give us grace, expecting us to do something with it, to make it grow? Sometimes we may feel a little like the third servant. We are given grace, we see, from God, but God is going around being reckless with grace. God is going around saving where it doesn't seem like people should be saved. Forgiving those who don't seem like they should be forgiving. Loving those who are not worthy of love. God is not a smart investor. God is not a smart farmer. God is indiscriminate with grace. Reckless with grace. Going around and giving grace to all of those who we think don't deserve it. maybe sometimes we even feel we don't deserve it but there God is giving us grace again and again yesterday we had hundreds of people here in our community eating a meal sharing with one another we had people who had plenty of money people who had no none people who live in fine houses and people who live on the streets we had people who were kind and welcoming and gave us money to help pay for our Thanksgiving. It's in the offering plate now, because I remember to, t- to put it there. And we probably had some people who took this meal and went off and were mean and sour to other people, despite the love we gave them. But the thing God says is, it is not our job to decide how to invest The grace that God gives us. It is not our job to decide who is deserving of God's love, forgiveness, and grace. In this parable, Jesus reminds us that as we wait, as we wait for God to return, we are given a great gift love that we have not earned, love that we do not deserve. And with that gift, we are called to be as reckless and indiscriminate as God. To go where we don't belong and share that love. To go where we haven't done work and say that forgiveness is already available. God seems reckless with God's grace to us, but that's how God chooses to love the world. we will not always see a return on investment in our grace, in our love. We may offer someone love and forgiveness and not receive love or welcome or even a thank you back. People will still take advantage of us. People will still see what is freely given and see something that they can take scot-free. But grace is not a thing that is finite. Love is not a a thing like a pie where we give a piece away and we don't have that piece of pie anymore. God's grace and God's love is unconditional and unending. As we spend it, as we give grace to others, God gives us more and more, all that we need. So we are called today, in this season where we give thanks in this time where we share with our neighbors, to be reckless with our love, to be reckless with our grace, to be like the first and the second servants and trust that God will take care of the rest, to not take that gift that is given to us and bury it away for no one else to see, but to love with abandon and trust that God's love will always enough for us. Amen.